Life's a Mitch. Oh, yeah. G'day, guys. Welcome back to episode 42 of Life's a Mitch. So last week I spoke to Mike Valdez and we did a, a two-part conversation on this podcast and his, Childlike at Best, where we spoke about you know all things funny. He's a stand-up comic in the US and um, I had him in stitches. So go back, check that out and check out his feed for part one of that conversation. Now, this week... Flying back home to another Australian guest, um, went back on that matchmaker.fm and yes, people keep asking me if it's a dating website. It's not. It's absolute BS. But uh, this gentleman, uh, I caught my attention because he, um, he's, he's a he's a podcaster. He's owns his own radio network and he's and he's and he's just going off uh, what uh, what his profile says. It's uh, it, it caught my eye. So without further ado, I might introduce. Uh, Mr. Neil Butler, how are you today, sir? G'day, Mitch. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Radio network overstates it a little, but let's run with it. It sounds impressive. <laughs> probably radio station is, is an online radio station is probably more accurate. But hey, you know, let's let's mix it up a bit, eh? Oof. Oh yeah, off to a flying start. So in future, Mitch, <laughs> learn how to read shit, you idiot. <laughs> so um, so as you know, this this um podcast is about storytelling and you know, one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you is because, you know, how does one go to do all these, you know, list of bona fides? You've, you've, you're the host of multiple podcasts. You've got your, your own, your own radio station, which I think is pretty cool. But I guess hmm. my first question is, where did it all start for you? Like, where did you, how did you get into radio and how have you started your career down this path? Well, let's, let's wind the clock right back to uh, the early 1960s uh, when radio was king, I think is the expression we say, isn't it? And uh, I, I was born in, in Melbourne and uh, I can remember when I was about seven or eight, I reckon it would have been, I went to the Royal Melbourne show and, and radio station 3KZ, which was one of the sort of commercial stations in Melbourne, used to have this event at the show every year where the broadcasters would go and sit in a glass box and they would broadcast live from the show. And I can remember being out there one year, I reckon it was probably late sixties, early seventies, and just being fascinated watching this guy talk because I'd heard him before. And of course the magic of radio, the people who are listening to this as a podcast, they don't realize that you and I are both spitting images of Brad Pitt and George Clooney. And, and I think, <laughs> and, you know, I think that's the, that's the really great thing about radio. You can be as ugly as you like and still have a, still have a profile. So, but it was, it was one of those things. I, it, it sort of sat in the back of my mind for a long time and, and in, in uh, 1977, boy, it sounds like old, doesn't it? Because um, I am. And in 1977, I was in the first intake of uh, students in the Victorian education system who did a thing called work experience, where you went out and visited a workplace for two weeks. Everyone does it now, but in 1977, that was a really new thing. I really, really wanted to go and do radio. And uh, some older folk in my family suggested it might be more sensible to get a real job. And so it's kind of always been in the background that this... I think one of the things that as a massive introvert and people go, how on earth can you be an introvert? Uh, people who know me, I, I'm an outgoing introvert. I, I can do my own thing. I don't need to be interacting with people. I, I enjoy it, but I don't need to be interacting with people to get my energy. So, I, you know, radio had that appeal where I could be the performer if I wanted to be, but not have to actually see people. And that was kind of, you know, but then I got became a teacher and then I became a, a husband and then I became a dad. And, you know, the responsibility component sort of builds up a bit then my daughter when she was 15 got involved in community radio and one night she said to me dad the co-host isn't going to be here can what do I do and I said I suppose I'd better come and sit 
in the studio and help you. And the station manager was listening. And he, uh, he rang me the next day and said, I think we better get you a program, mate. You seem pretty natural behind the microphone. So that was a monthly fill-in program, which turned into a monthly ongoing program, which turned into a weekly program, which turned into my own radio station. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the, the progression from there. And I think that, you know, you as a podcast would understand it, never met a microphone I don't like. How good. I, um, yeah. I'm just still going back at that, you know, Brad Pitt, I'm at least the Benjamin Button version. Hey. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, you were Lord. George Clooney. I'm Brad, I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> uh, maybe in his uh, later later years, I might qualify as that. I've dead set, taken more hits than a redheaded stepchild. Where? <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, good afternoon to all those listening who are, in fact, redheaded stepchildren. <laughs> so one goes out to my stepbrother, you dickhead. <laughs> That's okay. Wow. So, like, starting once a month and then just fortuitously it, it evolved into this thing. I'm similar. I've yeah. just started uh, just doing a community radio uh, show once a fortnight. I do the offside with a girl named Sam at uh, 96.5 to CHR. Shout outs to about the four listeners there. They're on absolute fire. <laughs> I don't go showing off. You've got twice as many as we've got. Oof. <laughs> I, th- I think um, it's just, the, the four listeners come from the one house and they just walk past the same radio. So we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's um, interesting, community radio, the, the great thing about community radio, just to duck sideways there, for those who are listening to this elsewhere in the world, community radio is a thing that we do in Australia where uh, people like Mitch and I, we, we go in and we volunteer our time. And the number of people who listen, and you know they listen because you'll be at a party and someone will say, I heard the other day on the... You know, and you, you think there's only four or five listening, but the people who are, you know, because it's on FM band, you know, people can be driving around their cars and you'll never know that they're listening. So don't, don't set yourself short. Well, fair enough. I am. Um, well, I've only been joining it. Be ten. Big pardon. It might be 10 listeners. <laughs> well, everyone at Cessnock has two heads. so <laughs> <laughs> That's four ears. Either way, I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, owning your own radio station, and I'm sure you've had a plethora of stories in this time, but during your time broadcasting and, you know, putting your voice out into the world, are there any memorable moments that you've had on air that are just absolutely hilarious? Uh, <laughs> oh, the people who listen to my radio station go, no, he's the most dreary, boring. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think the secret to good radio is just chatting. Um, the, the program that I host, here's a blatant plug if ever there was one. The host, I host a program called Two Blokes Chatting. And not surprisingly, there are two of us and we're blokes and we both chat. And we, we sit there and we interview people, but we don't interview them as such. We chat, right? So uh, when we sit down, I've got a running sheet that says our first, our first guest is whoever it is. And, you know, that's kind of... Um, you know, the, the, the way it appro- we approach it. So I think they're the very best kind of interviews. So have we had, I guess, one of the most uh, unfortunate and, you know, because we're all extremely um, grown up here, this will probably appeal to most people. One of the things I also did was I broadcast VFL football. Now, VFL is one step down from AFL. So it's the state league uh, in Victoria, although more recently also in New South Wales and Queensland. And I had a co-host, I won't name names, he'll know who he is when he's listening to this, um, who, when you were hosting it, you would always throw to the other caller to start the game. So, oh, you're listening to 3WBC football. Now, as the umpire puts the ball in the air, here is 3WBC's own Neil Butler. And you yeah, ball goes down the centre of the ground, up it goes, ruck and go, right, that sort of thing. So you'd swap over. And he would do it without fail. He would do it and he would fart 
just as you were about to start broadcasting. And sometimes you didn't realize because it wasn't audible, but boy, oh boy, whatever the uh, aromatic version of audible was, it was certainly that. And he would, like the rest of us would just fall about the floor laughing and he would go, I don't know what they're laughing about, ladies and gentlemen, but I'll do the broadcast. Um, that used to happen with monotonous regularity and it's childish, but hey, it was funny. Oh, that's it adds to the live theatre, the spectacle, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could cut the air quite literally. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think that the, the thing I look back on with most fondness is, is the people I've had the chance to chat to. And some of them are really well known and some, well, when I say really well known, some of them are well known and some of them are people that you wouldn't ever hear of ever in your born days. And some some at each end of that spectrum have been really interesting people to chat to. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of like why I do this is because like, you know, the premise of this show is to shine light on those who don't ordinarily get the light shone on them. Like, you know, for example, I, I interviewed a lady named Barke and she was a, a a married, she was in an arranged marriage at the age of 16 from Zanzibar and she was forced to move to London with this guy. And um, she was married to him for over 10 years, had children with him and was treated like garbage. And after years and years of abuse and mind games and whatever, she is now ascended beyond him, divorced him, which is a big deal. And to have everyone in her culture go against her because women don't do that. It's it's the men, the man, mm. you know, pretty much owns does you. life, owns them essentially. Yeah. And now she's a motivational speaker in 60 plus uh, countries as a Muslim, like worldwide. I think it's an incredible story. And, um, you know, because, and because we were able to have a chat, she's got traction. I helped her find some listenership and, um, you know, and just to, to hear the stories like that is the reason I do this thing. And um, the, the magic of live theatre and the magic of radio, and that never would have happened if I didn't start buying myself a plastic stick and started speaking into the bloody thing. It, um, yeah, absolutely. Now, we should just divert momentarily. One of the things, my, my radio station, uh, I won't plug yet. We'll plug that later. But it's a music station. So everything I do relates to music, you see. So who was the most famous person to come from Zanzibar, apart from who you just spoke about? Oh, oh, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. His name was Freddie Mercury. Uh, he, he, yeah, had, right. he had a bit of a career as a singer uh, with a band called Queen. Yeah, he was a Zanzibarian. Is that what you call a person from Zanzibar? Oh, I guess. But anyway, there you go. Piece of trivia for you. For, to, and if he doesn't come from there, say it with conviction, Mitch. That's And people will believe you even if it's not true. I think it is true, though. <laughs> oh, I know random. Wikipedia, it's got to be true. I know random facts. Did you know the reason they say the expression be there or be square? No. It's because you're not around. All oh, right, is that right? It's just like I heard that. It's like that blew my mind hole. I was like, no, that's pretty cool. Well, here you go. Here's one for you. I'll come straight back at you. Um, what's the longest word you can type just using the top row of letters on on a keyboard? Um, one one character each. No, so an actual real word, the longest word that you can make out of uh, like a real a word you'll find in the dictionary. Oof, just using the top characters. I don't know. Or something like QWERTY. <laughs> I don't know. Typewriter. Yes, that works. I can see it now. Like far out. Yeah. This is great. Hey, anything else completely irrelevant and pointless you want to know? Just, I'm your man. I need to take you to a trivia night then. <laughs> oh, how many times have I had that said to be over the journey? I definitely um, want that. I definitely want those meat trays. Woof. Get at me. <laughs> <laughs> and how very regional of you to call it a meat tray. People in Melbourne, of course, it'd be a coffee card. But, you know, Oof. run with meat tray. I'm happy with that. Woof. Stop, drop, and roll. You're on fire, man. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, um, seg I'm the Segway kin, as rough as my head. Woof. Well done, Mitch. So can you tell us what Transformagination is? Uh, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about the project? And, uh, you know, you've, you're a founder. So can you tell us you know, where, what all this stems from and what it's about? 
Well, one of the great things about being me is I have a whole lot of really good ideas. What I'm not so flash at is delivering them, but let's run with it. We'll run with transformation as an example. Transformation is a concept I came up with one day, this will surprise you, over a couple of beers with a mate. <laughs> when you're familiar with the concept of change management and transformation, you're happy with those two words, yeah? Yeah, I was just, uh, my curry curry brain, we've only got, <laughs> so we're, we're sort of back in time here. We've got AM radio and dial-up internet, so it was buffering. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, what, your head or the... the, <laughs> the <laughs> oh, uh, all, all plates, uh... <laughs> uh, thank you. So um, part of the work I do, I do change management in the corporate space as well. And imagine one of those boring old com- uh, meeting rooms in a corporate environment. And, you know, if, if someone's deciding that they want to paint the wall green, they'll put out a note around the, the office and they'll say, we're going to paint the wall green in meeting room number two. Can't use the room for a couple of days. But when the t- couple of days is over, then it's a meeting room. It, nothing's changed except it's got a different colored wall. Transformation, however, is where you say, we're going to close that room down. We're going to paint the wall green. But when we open it again, it's going to be a cafe. You've actually not just changed the change, you've actually transformed it into something different, but you're still working within the constraints. So the concept of transformagination, there's two words there, transformation and imagination. They're two words that I put together to say, suppose you were starting again. It's a horrible, it's a horrible, horrible analogy, but suppose your house burnt down. Would you build your house exactly the same way as you do, as it sits now? Most people say, no, they wouldn't. So change would be, I'm painting the wall. Transformation might be, we'll stick an extension on the back and make a family room out the back of the house. But transformagination is saying, suppose you were starting again. And rather than talking about what you should do, talk about what you could do. So it's about blowing the mindset beyond just what you what you should do. Because should's about someone's going to come along and tick this off. You know, we should do this, we should do that. Whereas if you could do it, what could you do? That's kind of where I'm trying to get people to think. So think outside, not don't just think outside the box. Set fire to the box. Yeah, I like that. So it's like, you know, don't have that mindset of like, don't restrict yourself. Expand right. your mind, broaden your horizons, you know. And if you want to transformaginate many things, like why can't I have chicken schnitzel and lasagna? Like, well, for goodness sake, I can do both. I mean, And have ice cream on top if you feel so inclined. Oh, shit, and, yeah. um, can I just take a moment to congratulate you on being the first person who's been able to say the word transformagination and transformaginate without going transformaginate. It wasn't one of my finest pieces of marketing because no one can say it, but it's okay. It's all good fun. It's, um, well, you'll thank you for allowing me to uh, say great words because there's nothing <laughs> I like better than pronunciation. <laughs> and the good well, thing yeah. is, it's trademarked too. So any person who goes, well, like that, bang, it's mine. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> No, it is. Seriously, it's trademarked as mine. Uh, I, went through, I went through the trademark process uh, 12 months ago. That's a fun thing to do. How, yeah. What, what, can you tell me what, what is it? How do you go through the trademark process? I've never uh, really had exposure to that before. Uh, well, before I do, I put a disclaimer in. Please seek your own independent legal advice on this one. But if it's a simple trademark, which in my case was simply tra- uh, trademarking a word, you can do it online yourself. Now, if you look at people like Cadbury, for example, they've trademarked that purple that they that they have. Um, people like Chanel have trademarked an aroma, right? So it's it, it, there's so many different can, uh, ways to tackle it. But basically, you go online to, uh, I think they call themselves IP Australia, and you submit your request. Uh, they do a... 
there's a couple of ways they can tackle it. You can either pay up front or pay part of it, and then they do a bit of investigation, then you pay the rest, which is the way I did it. Can't remember if it's Head Start or something. Anyway, what happens is they go and they check that there's nothing similar out there already, um, and then they come back and say, no, no, it looks like it's okay. Then you submit it, and they go through the formal process of checking it off, and and then you've got to also, um, there's a, a, a cooling off period. So they come through and they say, it has now been accepted, but it hasn't been endorsed or whatever the correct words so, but there's about a month where people can actually protest it. It's a bit like when yeah, you right. see a building permit application go up. Now, if you've got a really complex one, then you go and see a, um, an, what do they call themselves? Um, intellectual property lawyers, an IP lawyer, and they specialise in that. Uh, but for what I wanted, it cost me 500 bucks, I think. And it's nice to have your own registered trademark, I reckon. Yeah, well, I'm considering getting this registered because there's a, Life's a Mitch, and then I I slapped the podcast on the end of it. So there's you know so because it went up on all the streaming platforms like this name is taken. So like, oh crap. Mm. So you know and because I'm I like puns and I you know and I'm lazy with when it comes to being creative. It's like Life's a Mitch podcast, and mm. apparently Kermit the Frog is rocked up. Anyway, so you know. Waka waka been... waka. Oh, that's fuzzy bit, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I love it. But it's interesting. Like the further you go on, and the more like you meet fellow creatives like yourself. I know it's, I always take something out of each episode and I know you've just got me thinking now you've dead set got me thinking, do I do this? You can see the ticking going on. Cool. It's, um, it's probably says buffering across my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Can't see it's got a beanie on. Oh, it's there. It's there. Oh, Okay, no, fair. Oh, yeah, there it is. Give it yeah. away. Give it away for a loaf of bread. Oof. But honestly, having no hair sucks. Your hair gets so cold, especially during this time of year. And uh, yep. those cold, curry really hot during the summer. Oof. Gliss- I'm like a human toe ball. Uh, <laughs> a human thermometer. It's red in the summer, blue in the winter. Yeah. And yep. uh, when it snows, you can see white shit on my head. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. So I was... I was looking at uh, some of your list of um, podcasts here as well, and uh, one one thing that one that was sort of stuck out to me was a hundred towns. Can you tell us a bit about that as well? Uh, sure. Uh, I I'm fascinated by regional Australia. Says the man who literally could throw a well, not literally throw a stone into Sydney Harbour from where I am, but I, like I'm I'm walking distance to the end of the bridge. Despite that, I'm actually live. I really love regional Australia. I live in the city of Geelong, which is the second biggest city in Victoria, and uh, therefore the biggest regional city in Victoria. Uh, and and you live not very far away from the Geelong equivalent up there in New South or up yep. here in New South because that's where I am at the moment. Can't get home because of this COVID thing. Um, but I'm fascinated by the people who live in small towns. And I was fortunate enough to do some work with uh, BP, the oil company, where I spent a lot of time in regional Australia, and met some really interesting people. So the concept I had, I had the concept probably five or six years ago, where in in much the same as what you said before, everyone knows about Sydney, everyone knows about Newcastle, everyone knows about Geelong, everyone knows about Melbourne. What about the people who live in Maree or Minanew or where am I? Devonport is the next one. No, no, not the one in Tasmania, the one in the Northern Territory. Dartmouth, these places that no one's ever heard of, um, particularly given that we're all kind of stuck on the island for the time being, we can't travel internationally. Let's see what we can do to promote smaller towns. So the concept was, I wanted to get some consistency because consistency in podcasting is important. Um, and and, and to, in terms of people know what to expect. I don't mean it has to be scripted necessarily, but people need to know what to expect when they, they go to your podcast. So in this case, I thought, what is something that is consistent across Australia? And the obvious thing is pubs. So I identified 100 towns, which obviously means 100 episodes. And each episode, I will talk to a publican in a small town. And the criterion 
uh, the primary criterion is it must have no more than 5,000 people living in the town. In the case of Maori, there's 12, um, which incidentally is on the corner of the Udna Data Track and the Birdsville Track. Now, for those who are in Australia listening to this, you'll understand that's in the middle of absolutely nowhere. In fact, it's 5Ks down the road from absolutely in the middle of nowhere. It's it's like middle of South, not even middle of South Australia, northeastern South Australia, I guess. Um, uh, and... and the other criterion was that there had to be at least 100 Ks from the nearest capital city, which makes it really tough in Tasmania because it's not that big. But I found one. I found a place called Avoca um, and chatted to the bloke there. But talking to the pub owner and we, we chat about the town, we chat about the district, we chat about the region, we chat about his pub, her pub, what's on the menu, what the favourite drink is, that kind of stuff. And it's a 15-minute chat designed to put people on the, towns on the map. And I'm meeting some amazing people doing it because to some extent with your short kind of randomly selecting people, this actually has a pattern to it. And the only real issue I'm having is finding the time to do it and finding the people who are interested in doing it. That's really cool. I um, Do you have like a certain amount for each state set out or just people that get in contact with you and you'll get in like, you'll go out and see them or how does, how does your process? So work? I do it all. I do it all like we do it here via zoom or via um, uh, StreamYard or one of those other online technologies. Cause I'm not about to go and find a place halfway up the Birdsville track and have a chat with 12 people, but um, it's, it's a one-on-one uh, telephone call uh, or yeah, zoom call. Um, I went out with invitations. I basically plotted these places out on a map of Australia. So I didn't get, end up with five within, you know, the same part of New South Wales, for example, trying to scatter them as far as around as I could. And so I, I think I went with 20 from Victoria, 20 from New South Wales, 20 from Queensland. And then I think 10 from WA, 10 from South Australia, like did it that way to try and get a bit of a spread. Um, and at the moment, I think... I've, I think one, the one I'm doing next week is episode 14. I've, I've sort of hit a brick wall because, A, I've started working again, which is this paid employment thing gets in the road, doesn't it? And oh, secondly, shit, yeah. <laughs> and of course, pubs, the last thing they want to be doing is doing on the weekend or in the evening. So I've had a bit of trouble tracking people down. I think there's also a few people are going, why are you chasing me? Why, you know, what's in it for me? Well, what's in it for you is I've, I know for a fact the town called Oyen was my first episode and Oyen had something like, uh 700 people listened to it within the first 24 hours or something. It was just nutsville. It's dropped off since then, but there were some serious numbers of people. And what that tells me is people are finding out about country towns in, in Australia, which has got to be good for their town. Yeah. Well, I um, I actually, my stepdad's uh, sister owns the town out at Bogabri, which, you know, has less than a thousand people in it. And it's, you know, uh, regional New South Wales. It's a mining town. Um, and she has people stay there all the time and it's, you always get, she, she, you know, she tells stories, shout out to you, Gail. I haven't, I'm doing this, seeing your lovely face. And, uh, she tells stories a lot. You've got the same seven blokes in there, come off their rotation. And if you sit on Jacko's stool, oh, you just, it's like, you know, when yeah. you, you see the, the Western films and the outsider walks into the saloon and yeah. she not serve yeah. your car, dear outsider. It's, it's similar vibes. Yeah. And I walked in there yeah. to, to see them and, uh, they're like, she's like, who are you? I'm like, oh, me. Yeah, and he owns the joint, and then they treated me like family. It was weird. <laughs> like, like as though you are. In fact, you would be. Um, well, tell it to get onto www.100towns.com.au, another shameless plug, uh, 100towns.com.au. Just send through a note and uh, happy to chat to her. I'll have to mention it to her, but no, that's fine. Like at the end, what I was going to do is make sure that all the correct spelling was put in the, this week's bio anyway. So plug away, sir, nice. by all means. Is that a, a nice cheeky glass of Merlot going down the hatch there or? Uh, that is a 2016 Mountainside Wine Shiraz from the Grampians Wine Region, which, again, here we go, watch this. Uh, as of, I 
think tomorrow night, if what's today? Today's Monday, isn't it? Uh, Wednesday night, we're doing episode one of the Grampians Wine Makers podcast. So uh, I'll be talking to wine, wine, winery owners in the Grampians region in Victoria, and that comes from one of them. Well, there you go. Great. You're a man of many nice talents, and uh, be able to uh, try all the different types of nice reds and whites and stuff. And I'm a little bit jealous. Uh, well, apparently they make wine in white, but I'm not sure why. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so at this particular winery is, is owned by a mate and he sponsors my radio station. So uh, I, I tend to promote his wines, mountainsidewines.com.au. And uh, you can find them on the side of the mountain for those of you playing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, funnily enough, on the on the side of um, Mount Langy Duran, which is another very well-known winery in the region. Well, as a man who's never visited that part of the world, I'm in the gorgeous Hunter Valley. So uh, yes. I've got to promote some to? of the ones, McLeish Estate, Hope, you know, there are a few of my favorites. And of course, McGuigan's, you know, the McGuigan's uh, Badello goes down like well with this little fellow. So, you know, <laughs> yes, I may have had a Tyrrell Shiraz out there once or twice in that neck of the woods. Oh, I like a man who's cultured. You know, here at Curry Curry, we have like three television stations that are pretty sure one's like a, a foreign news one. And the rest yep. is old replays of MASH. So, you know, no, no you got to yes. promote what you have, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely you do. Absolutely you do. It's, uh, so I might change it up a little bit here. So each week, uh, this podcast has two two main parts to it. That's it, good storytelling, like we're going through now. And there's a section where we have a good old whinge wine sook. And I was wondering, Neil, would you like to join me in having a bitchy with Mitchie? Oh, why not? One of the things on, on my radio show is we have the long run every Saturday morning. So I have an outlet for them. So I've had to actually sort of stop and think I should reserve one for for a bitchy with Mitchy because otherwise, you know, it would be unfair to people who are listening to this. And they, you talked about that on the radio three weeks ago. So I've got one specially organized for you. Cool. Got the exclude. Let's hear it, sir. That's it. And, and for those who are listening, it'll probably be on Saturday as well when we do the radio show because it's a good one. Uh, as you know, I'm a Victorian. Um, and I don't mean that in terms of the Queen when I was born, not that kind of Victorian. I mean, as in <laughs> I am from Victoria, and we pride ourselves on having the very best coffee in Australia uh, because that's just what we like to say. And I, I live in Geelong, which is about 70K southwest of Melbourne, and the coffee culture in Geelong is, is also taking off. I am. I was. I lived in Sydney five years ago for six months and was appalled by the standard of coffee in this town. It has improved to an extent, but I drink my coffee black. I have a long black coffee. Now, a long black coffee, by its definition, is hot water with one or two shots of coffee poured over the top and then served in a 180 milliliter tulip cup. Do not ask a person who knows anything about coffee, whether they want a small, large, or can you believe, jumbo long black, please. That's something else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, I hadn't thought of it that way, but thanks very much. Um, it, it, all, what they typically, oh, the, we put an extra shot of coffee in. Yes, but you always put about a gallon of water in. And the other thing is too, crema. That's the stuff that when you look at the black coffee should be over the top. It's like that golden oily kind of um, foam across the top. If you don't serve that, you are not serving long black. You are serving an Americana, which is what McDonald's specialized in for 48 years until they came up with McCafe. It is that horrible, dirty, brown, horrible stuff. Without the crema, it's a bit like saying, I think I'll have scones, jam and cream, and I oh, don't worry about the jam and cream. It, it, like you're taking the best bit out of it. So people, please go and invest in 180 mil tulip cups. 
Because if you don't, you'll have Victorians going, what do you mean? Do you want a large, long black? No, I want a long black. You hear that, there folks? You and I'll tell you something else while I'm on it. <laughs> something else that really annoys me. And it, anno- it annoys me because you go, seriously? Come on, get your hand off it. People who put prices up in cafes that say the coffee is 3.7 or 5.5. No, 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 no. The Australian currency is 3.70. It's neither trendy, neither hipster. It's just plain silly. Go and buy yourself some zeros and put them on the end of the prices. Don't tell me that poached eggs on toast is 12.8. No, it's not. It's $12.80. It's unimpressive. There you go. I've had a crack at the cafes as well. Do you hear that, hospitality industry? Pull your finger out of your giant asshole. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so, oh, look at us, aren't we clever? We've dropped the zero off. And technically, yes, I suppose you are paying $12.7 if you want to go back to the days when I was a mathematics teacher. But $12.7 <laughs> is $12.70, designated by a an S with a line through it. He said doing the hand gesture on the screen, which is not going to help anyone who's listening to this. One, two, dot, seven, zero. $12.70. It's not hard. <laughs> This is exactly why I have this section. This is fantastic. You just buried the lead. You're a maths teacher. Is that because people can always count on you? <laughs> ah, very good. Well done, you. Yes. No, I uh, I taught physics and mathematics in the uh, mid '80s, and that is the 1980s, not the 1880s. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, yes, I taught year 12 mathematics, year 12 physics, year 11 mathematics, and year 11 physics as well. Yeah. Uh, we were really a force to be reckoned with. Well done. <laughs> it's old physics joke, you know. Oh, was it Newton's? Is it first law with equal with every action is an equal and opposite reaction? Is that the first law? That's the third law. In third fact. law. It's all about inertia. Can I right? just pick up on? Can I pick up though on Newton's first law of motion? Okay, sure. Newton's first law of motion is a body will continue to go in the same direction at the same speed unless acted upon by an external force. Right. That yep. is to say, if you think about the old ice the ice rink and you you have the frictionless puck and you fling it across the ice, it will continue going in a straight line unless someone bumps it offline it'll keep going at the same speed until friction takes over makes sense that is that is a piece of philosophy by which i operate in the change world a body will keep doing the same thing at the same speed in the same direction unless an external force acts upon it if you wake up tomorrow morning you think yeah gee, my life's boring uh or you know I, I really don't like my job guess what things will keep going in the same direction at the same speed unless an external force acts upon it said newton in 1652 or whenever it was here we are 400 years later and it hasn't changed it is still very much a case of your life. If you don't apply an external force, i.e. do something about it, tomorrow will be the same as today. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And that was Albert Einstein. It's, it's interesting you say that because quite often I um well, I'm not going to say I theorize because I can't even spell it correctly, but you know, you, you, you hear Think. stories of people living their best lives, you know, and talking about, you know, the, the same thing of motion, just this, I, I refer to it as autopilot people that, you know, work, work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, repeat. And, you know, which is fine if people want to, you know, go on autopilot and have the same life. And some people don't want to leave their comfort zone. That's fine. However, mm-hmm. it's what annoys me. I'll, you know, my bitch of the week is, is similar to the fact that like you come across a friend or a loved one and it's the same issue that's whinged about all fucking time. Um, and it's like, 
well, you try to help these people, but you can't. It's like, well, you can't flog a dead horse. You can't do all these, you know, all these weird and wonderful metaphors. But essentially, if anyone is out there and is miserable and they're not taking any steps to, you know, to solve the issue, then no one can help you. And this cry, this cries for help. It's like the boy who cried wolf, essentially. And you'll just, the grass will always be that brown color. You'll always be that miserable, you know, will more likely be that miserable person. So like I started this podcast because well, one reason was COVID and two, I'd always wanted to get into the media, you know, especially radio. And um, I'm working towards that now. I'm in my thirties and like decided, you know, I've, I've lived and traveled and had a good life thus far. And now I want to have the work aspect of my life you know making me happy as well i'm a shift worker currently and it's tough on the old body you know doing these 12 hours swinging shifts um mm. you know and actually ages a man i'm actually only nine years old believe it or not yeah, yeah. so you do the best you can and Absolutely. um you, you'll you'll probably back me up on this now and saying that like you cannot if you're gonna there's no point taking the best ideas to the grave and i think if you've got an idea and you want to work on it life is too short not to I think, and I'm, I'm Mitch Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's interesting. I've got a podcast that I don't do anymore, but I, I, I did 100 episodes. 100 seems to be a good number, called WowPod. And WowPod was the Words of Wisdom podcast. That's what it stood for. So episode one was me pontificating about WowPod. And I interviewed 98 people, getting us to episode 99, keeping up with the math so far. And throughout the sort of the through the 80s and 90s, not years, as in episodes 80s and 90s, people were saying, yeah, but what about you? We want to hear what you've got to say for yourself. So I did episode 100. I got my radio co-host to come and host the last episode so I could be the person putting out my wisdom. And I got to, everyone was entitled to give me up to five pieces of wisdom, at least three, no more than five. My podcast, I did six, but I combined the last two into one so I could get away with it, right? And the two things were, one, have a crack, and two, Keep swinging the racket because eventually you'll hit one. Mm, And I I think too many people don't want to have a crack because what happens if it all fails? Well, another one of mine was no experiment ever fails. It gives you a different outcome to what you might have expected, but it doesn't fail. And I think if you – oh, now I'm getting on my ho-ho. It's getting quite dizzy standing up here on my soapbox. But um, if you – Like I live near Bunnings, I'll buy you a ladder. (laughs) That'd be good (laughs) because I might be able to get down off it. Um, If you, for those who are listening in other parts of the world, Bunnings is a major hardware retailer in this country. Um, Lowest price is just the beginning. I think if, sorry? Lowest prices are just the beginning. (laughs) Apparently so, yes. And they're sausage scissors. How good are they? I used to work Um, at Bunnings. I was a door greeter and I loved it. Hungover as. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I'd be over there having 43 sausages while I was eating, (laughs) while I was standing there. Oh, I loved it. But, (laughs) But I think this idea of, oh, what happens if it doesn't come off? I'll ask you a different question. What happens if it does? What happens if you have a crack and it works? What happens if you... Can you imagine Mark Zuckerberg sitting, or Zuckerberg, however you say his name, sitting in his dormitory at whatever university he was at going, oh, I don't think about this Facebook thing. I don't think it'll take off. Oh, oh what, what happens if I have a crack and 10 people use it and it all falls in a screaming heap? Nothing ventured, nothing gained, I would have thought. And look what he's got now. Imagine Oof. Steve Jobs all those years ago sitting in his garage in... Um, wherever it was in San Francisco or wherever, sitting talking to his mate. His mate says, are you crazy, Steve? You, you, what, you want to build computers out of parts and then sell them and call them Apple? Are you fair income? People have a crack and you know what? Sometimes it doesn't come off, but sometimes it does. And, you know, I can guarantee you one thing, Mitch, in life, and that is if you don't, if you buy a lottery ticket, you might win it. But if you don't buy a lottery ticket, I'll guarantee you, you won't. That's exactly right. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I you know I know a guy who is a he's a self-made millionaire. He's a friend of mine, and uh, he he's making his fortune by having a crack at buying houses, doing them up, and selling them. And he's been yep. doing this 
uh, now for 15 years. He started with a little unit, uh, built some equity for 50 grand, and that 50 grand went to a home and so on. And, um, you know, a lot of people go, oh, oh geez, he's lucky. Geez, he's no mm-hmm. bullshit. He's worked long and hard the hours yep. that you don't see behind closed doors, uh, similar to your Steve Jobs, your Mark Zuckerberg's, and even Ed Sheeran started out as a busker on the side of the street. Now he's a household name. Like, mm-hmm. you Absolutely. don't get anywhere unless you make the effort and i agree with you. that's why i'm doing this because i have plant hopes one day to the idea is to become a semi-famous radio host somewhere and i that's that's what i want to do like i've got it on my whiteboard just outside there you know wake up each day learn something new so this week i learned how to um like do promos on facebook and i've got a long way to go but a victory each day will make that ultimate goal seem a little bit closer absolutely and like I'm I'm currently in Sydney and Geelong is 965 kilometers away. That's my hometown, right? Now, let's assume they get rid of COVID and restrictions and I'm allowed to leave this town. It's like we're allowed, allowed to use, leave this apartment would be a good start. I take a, a one kilometer walk to uh, towards the bridge and the next day I walk another kilometer towards the bridge and the next day I walk a kilometer across the bridge. In 970 odd days, I'll be in Geelong. But I tell you what, if I sit on my you-know-what tomorrow and don't start by doing that one more, it's that whole small steps, big journey thing. And I think people, there's a, I think, oh, I can't remember, there's so many people, like I should attribute these ideas to somebody but i'll use them as my own um if you get up in the morning and make your bed at least if you don't succeed doing anything else during the day at least you can say i achieved making my bed now i'm looking across at my bed and maybe i haven't achieved anything today because my bed hasn't been made but you know it's about (laughs) identifying steps you can take that take you closer to where you want to be because if you don't tomorrow if i don't take that first kilometer walk towards the bridge tomorrow i will still be here exactly right. and i won't be any closer to where i want to be so it's a good it's a good approach to take i can see uh the curry curry local radio station having the mitch and neil breakfast program coming up Oof, i reckon that's know, the go twice as nice is just as nice i don't know yeah. Usually I'm like, usually I'm like witty and funny and stuff, but I'm being out funny tonight and I'm okay with it. This is great. <laughs> well, you do need to get out more if this is funny, but, um, <laughs> but it's, I think it's just have, it's all about having a crack. And uh, I think the other one, I'll go back to 1970. I met a fella called Kevin Murray. You won't know who Kevin Murray is, but anybody who lives south of the border will know that Kevin and the Victorian border, Kevin Murray was one of the most iconic VFL, now AFL footballers of his time. And he was my childhood hero. He's now 82. And I'm thrilled to say that I met him a couple of years ago at a, at a, at a club function. And I, I go back to 1970. I was eight years of age. I was at the Junction Oval in St Kilda, which is where Fitzroy, my team at that stage, uh, were playing. They've subsequently merged to become the Brisbane Lions. And Kevin said to me, as an eight-year-old, do you want to play football when you grow up? Now, you know, of course, every kid says yes. And he said, and would you like to play for Fitzroy one day? And I said, yes. And he said, well, you know what? Give it your best shot. Just do the best you can because you can't, we can't all be great footballers, but if you give it your best shot, if you can be the best you can be, you don't have to be the best as long as you're, no, as long as you're, you're, you're hang on, I'll get this right in a minute. It was a long time ago. You don't have to be the best, but you do need to be your best. And I think that is that, that whole thing about striving to be a little bit better than you were yesterday is just so important. And my kids are sick to death of hearing it so much so that I can't say it anymore without stumbling. Well, you're right though. I mean, I, um, 
I had the pleasure of meeting one of my childhood heroes. So I'm a huge rugby league nerd. Um, and I, I was born in a place called Dubbo. Uh, not in the zoo before you jump in and say anything there. I, um, no, but somewhere, watch this, somewhere near Erskine Street, I have no doubt. Absolutely right. Happy with that? Yeah. Yep. You did well, sir. Well done. And um, I, one of the, so I'm a Cronulla Sharks fan in the NRL. And later, so I first began uh, as a fan of rugby league. So I wasn't even 10 years old. And I picked the Sharks because... I heard that the fullback at the time, David Peachy, was a was a Dubbo, you know, junior and stuff, and he played some of his rugby league for the Sims. And I got to meet him at a game when I was, you know, eleven or twelve, and saw the greatest um, display of sportsmanship. Someone else scored a try. He shook the hand. I thought it was the best thing in the world. And mm. met him after the game, and he like he like shook my hand. And he said, "Thanks for coming out. Good to see you." And that meant the world. And I met him years later. Um, I was it was about twenty fourteen, and um the Dubbo Sims were having a, like a get together, like an old boys day. And I went out there to see my uncle and auntie and watched some footy. And uh, David Peachy was there and I went up to see day and shook his hand and told him, you know, I was a kid and he met him and stuff. And he, he sat down with me for about 45 minutes. We had a few beers and just chat about his days at the Sharks and just a genuinely nice guy. And, you know, he always said like, you know, mate, it's always nice to always be kind to people because you never know later in life what you could get out of them. He says, he said, it's the same when you're, when you're working with people, if you're ever a boss, you should always ask and not demand. That yes. way that superior already inferiority thing goes and then more than likely businesses will thrive as well. Yeah. Oh, one of the great uh, disconcerting things that happened to me, I, I had a reasonably senior position in a major oil company at one stage and I remember employing somebody into my team and uh, I went back to do some contract work there a few years later and she was my boss. <laughs> and, and that's disconcerting in the extreme that, you know, you were their boss, you employed them and then, you know, they returned the favor by being your boss. That's really, that's un- uncomfortable, I've got to say. But isn't it funny how like, you know, networks can happen and you meet these people and all of a sudden the, re- the world really is a small place. And also one of the old guys he used to work with, he's passed away since. The best bit of advice he said to me, he's got, he, the best advice he said was, Mitch, there's no greater weapon than the pen. Mm. And I, I agree with that because, you know, if he's signing off on timesheets and he selects you does overtime, he can sign you off and see you later. It's just one example of many. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. know this this now this nostalgic conversation is awesome, and to hear that you've done what math teaching, you've headed an oil company. I didn't know head an oil company. A reasonably senior, I wasn't that big. No, seriously, I I just was in the sort of lower reaches of the management team. Let's put it that way. It's better up here. It's better up here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, I think you know the other thing just to pick up on that too is uh, I I. I have heard of David Peachy. I've never obviously had anything to do with him because coming from the, the uh, Australian rural states. But one of the other areas I spend a lot of time in is uh, the music I play on my radio station is predominantly 60s, 70s and 80s. And what I've been super fortunate to do is meet a number of people that I grew up listening to on the radio. And uh, a chap called Jim Keyes, he was the, the lead singer of the Master's Apprentices, sadly no longer with us, Jimmy. Russell Morris, who is an iconic Australian artist, Mike Rudd from Spectrum. Johnny Chester, who was a, uh, a country and Western singer, most people remembering as, but he was a rock and roll singer in the early 60s and was asked to support a band called the Beatles when they came to Australia in 1964. These are people I've chatted with, Graham Goble from Little River Band. And some of the people that you deal with, Lisa Edwards, who was one of um, John Farnham's backing singers, um, Jack Howard, who plays uh, trumpet with, the, uh, with the, the Hunters and Collectors. These are people who recognise that without fans and without community radio stations, they are nothing. Others, who I, I won't name because this, <laughs> there are slander laws in Australia, where we've asked 
for some support in some areas, just a simple thing like sign a CD for us or something like that that we can auction off, who have come back and said, we don't do that sort of stuff at community radio because you don't influence my sales enough. And they fall very much into two categories, people who could not be any nicer and could not be any happier to help. I've got um, radio stinks from Barnsey, Marsha Hines, Glenn Shorrock, John Paul Young, um, uh, Pierre, um, oh, what's his first name? Um, Lindsay Pierre, who was with Tamam Shud. All these people have just happily done. Hi, it's John Paul Young. You're listening to Turn Up Your Radio on 94.7 The Pulse. Doesn't cost them anything to do, but the people who don't do it, I just, I go, really? Seriously, it's not hard to do. And we are the reason you are who you are. And I think they fall into two categories. The David Peaches, the Kevin Murrays, the Russell Morrises of the world. And then these other ones who go, actually, do you know who I am? And it just drives me insane. Well, this has been the longest bitch with Mitch ever, hasn't it? Uh, it's up there, but that's all right. because uh... <laughs> Who else do you want me to have a crack at? Line me up. Come on, let's have another go. I think you... Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we haven't gone into Queensland yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's why my football team has got to be careful there. I think, but I, it just comes back to that that old saying is that if you treat others with kindness, you'll get treated in return. Like it's just, yep. you know, and if these people that don't want to be involved in doing something as simple as, you know, you're now tuning in to 94.7 Pulse Radio, whatever it is. You know, yeah. just I'll make sure I get it right in the bio at the end. Sorry, it's been a lot. I just come off night 90, shift and the brain's no. not working correctly. 94.7 The Pulse, no, you did well. And, um, it, you know, and the radio station I'm at, at uh, 96.5, um, it's the, the gentleman who um, showed me the ropes, the system is Windows XP. It's, it's They can't, they don't have the ability to do live talkback radio. Um, I can yep. take requests, but the system just doesn't allow, it's old. It's And it's run by volunteers. The guy who trained me is in his mid-70s and he's been there for, his name's Warren Parsons. He's an absolute champion of a bloke and his wife, Kath, uh, runs the office. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's run by volunteers for the community. So just your average Joe, Joe or Jane blow just comes in, plays some tunes. And my show that I do is community profiling. So I'll read out things going on in the community. I try to play a range of things from the fifties up to today. Um, you know, I played Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Apparently that was too heavy metal. So I've got to be careful, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, even, even the demographic, generally they're of retirement age and, and beyond you know I, I get a buzz, i get a kick out of knowing that i'm entertaining people and maybe i can put a song on that someone can resonate with you know i yeah i just i think there's a there's a nicety in there and there's a, a, i sleep better at night knowing that i'm entertaining people that's why i do this um yeah oh absolutely my my uh my parents uh quite elderly as you can imagine given my age and um my, my father is in his early 90s and he can't wow. get it into his head that I do radio and don't get paid, right? So there are two bits to my radio career and I use the term very loosely. The bit that I do on 94.7 The Pulse and then there's my radio station, which we'll talk about probably at some point, although we're running out of time, I guess. But the 94.7 The Pulse is community radio, just like yours. And we have a volunteer. We're fortunate that we're actually our station was um, has got a paid office manager and he's you know he really knows his stuff but my folks can't get it in their head you would do something like that as a volunteer and they say but you know you're a busy man you've got all these things going on why do you do it well i do it for the same reasons you do never met a microphone i don't love but the fact there are people who tune in at nine o'clock on a saturday morning whether they're obviously got some serious sociological issues if they're listening to us but 
you know, they they don't, every Saturday morning at nine o'clock, they're sitting there, including him, interestingly. Um, and we talk to just normal people. We get the occasional well-known celebrity who will have a chat to us. But, you know, broadly speaking, we're doing it for fun and we're putting a smile on the face of people and you can't buy that. No. That's why volunteer, volunteer folks, people who are listening, don't care what you do, just go and volunteer. Two hours a week, go and find someone who needs some help. Just go and do it. It's a really good thing to do. And it brings it, it honestly, like, from firsthand, from my experience, like I've been a member of the SES, however brief, but and also and I'm doing this and I used to work in emergencies as well. And you get that, you get that sense of accomplishment. You're like, you know what, today I've done something, I've spent a bit of, I've productively spent my time. So it goes back to what you said. Even if you have a shit day, you've got the smallest of victories. You know, yeah. you're like, you know, I feel good about my show. I spent three hours this week, played some songs, someone rang up and said I did a good job. That meant the world to me. And I've only been doing yeah. it for you know, a few months now. But, um, and I had an interesting thing happen. So I went on the TV show Mastermind and I wore a onesie on national TV and it was the onesie I wore was Scrubs. And right. the fact that it, it went viral because the host, Mark Fennell, um, by the time this comes out, his episode on here would have been released. It went viral. Mark made a promo video of the onesie, so much so that I don't know if anyone or everyone knows I love the show Scrubs. So it went viral. The The producer of their podcast, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, contacted me and I got to appear on their show and I met Donald Faison and Zach Raffle, JD and Turk from Scrubs. And yep. by doing like, just by being kind, trying to be my, be my funny self. And, um, you know, I got to meet some of my favorite actors of all time. And I met Mark Pinnell. He's an absolute champion. And by the time this comes out, I'm recording an episode with Matt O'Kind tomorrow, former Triple J breakfast host. And um, like, you just, you just like being kind and doing your thing. You, you get to achieve these amazing things. And I'm over the moon. Like I never thought I'd have any guests, let alone celebs. So it's, yeah, I think uh, the other thing is too, that comes with it is respect. Yeah. So, We've had some seriously talented people, not just musos and sports people, that sort of stuff. But um, I, I did a bit of a regional wraparound um, through uh, Victoria, just chose a regional town, a bit like the 100 Towns concept. And someone I'd know, I just talked to them and tell us what's going on in Horsham. Tell us what's going on in Mildura. Tell us what's going on in Warrnambool. And you know, so it's, it's the full spectrum from people who are really household names through to people no one's ever heard of. But if you treat every single one of those people with respect, then they will be, generally speaking, unless they're so far up themselves, they meet themselves coming the other way, um, they will generally respond really well. And it's a really powerful environment to be in. And I take my hat off to people who do things like SES and CFA or whatever you call it in, up here, the, um, the, the, you know, the Country Fire Authority in Victoria and all those sort of people who do that voluntarily for their community. I would be hopeless. I would be the one who'd be sitting in the corner throwing up because I've just seen someone bleeding. You know, that's that's not my go. But if I can put a smile on people's faces by sitting in front of a microphone for a couple of hours a week, that is my go. And it makes me happy. It makes people happy. In your case, with your SES stuff, you're not only doing stuff that you feel good about, but you're saving lives. Yeah, you know, this is what it's about, and that's where community becomes so important. It's. Uh, I agree with you, one hundred and ten percent. I um. So, guys, I challenge anyone out there, anyone who's listening to this podcast, go out and have a small victory, make someone's day. Yeah, and know? anyone who says I don't have time, that is bollocks. You've got one hundred and sixty-eight hours in a week, and if you take out eight hours a day for sleep, you've got less than one hundred and sixty-eight. <laughs> what you've got one hundred and four hours or whatever it is each week, use them. Yeah, go out and use them no that's not right it's not that many it's uh it's 100 it's less than 168 anyway take away for yeah 56 whatever it is 112 hours a week yes you need to work yes you need to spend time with your family yes you need to do things like that but it's all about priorities 
And if you're going to sit on your backside and watch crap American television for four hours a, a night, you got time to volunteer. That's exactly right. So uh, I'm fired up now, aren't I? This is great. We'll keep going. <laughs> what, else, what else is on your mind? <laughs> I don't ask. I could, <laughs> but can we stop now for breakfast, please? Um, yeah. No, I'm not, not going to do that to you. All good. So say if people want to get involved and listen to your shows or your podcast, where yep. can they find you? And uh... Probably the best place to go for, um, for the podcasts is the website untypicalpodcasts.com.au. Untypical, as you can see, that no one else can see because this is audio. Uh, I've got my untypical banner behind me. Untypical is the name of my business and untypical podcasts on the front page. It shows the podcasts that we do. From a radio perspective, if you want to listen to our Saturday morning program, you can do that by going to twoblokeschatting.com.au. Interestingly, we can't share that URL on Facebook because it breaches community guidelines. I'm not sure which word in two blokes chatting is the offending word, but it is. Um, And that can either be the number two or twoblokeschatting.com.au. You can also go and listen to my radio station, which is goradio.live, www.goradio.live go radio.live for all but three or six hours a week that is just music on rotation with certain algorithms in the background to make sure that you know we've got the 60s after six the 70s after seven the 80s after eight um the aussie lunchtime that sort of stuff but on a friday night between 8 p.m and 11 p.m i sit here literally where i am right now and play music and talk and do shout outs and do requests and all that sort of stuff you can find out all about that at goradio.live it stands for geelong online radio that's where the name go radio clever and yes all the correct spelling will be in the bio and i can share it over all the streaming services because there's right. no breach so you that's know it. it's um i might start to wrap things up there but um sure now thanks for your time today like uh, the biggest um thank you i can like i can sort of acknowledge is that time is a currency that you can not, you cannot exchange it's forever flowing and the yep. fact that people are kind enough to give me their time to have a chat, have a good old whinge wine sook and just tell some stories. Like it means the absolute world to me. And, you know, I resonated with what you said and I'm taking something out of this, out of this interview. And, you know, I, so I just sincerely wanted to say thank you for the no, time and you. the wisdom and you've spread with us today. And Well, I think it's, there's, there's that old saying, what goes around comes around. And, you know, when the time is right, uh, you know, someone will come to me one day and go, look, I've got this problem. I, I, I'm, I'm in Newcastle and I need to find someone who can help me with some voiceovers or, you know, it, it, it's, it's all about building networks and all about supporting each other. And, podcasters are weird people um, by definition they sit and talk to people on zoom cameras and stuff but you know can relate <laughs> podcasters generally share with podcasters and you know the fact that i'm encouraging people to listen to your podcast doesn't take away from the fact that they might listen to mine it's not there's plenty of time in the week apparently not because everyone's just they're too busy to volunteer but i just think it's all about sharing and if someone's learned something or has had a giggle out of this for the hour then so be it well yeah and, and in further to that the fact that you've got free entertainment as well and like if you want to have a giggle and neil's got an absolute plethora of entertainment you can look at and you know the man's an absolute veteran of the industry he looks good for 26 and uh he um charming <laughs> as hell very, and... very hard life <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually eight shift work does that to a man but... yeah no, when, I just when i'm to... a gra- when, when i tell you i'm a grandfather and i have a 30 year old daughter your 26 year old falls apart a bit but yeah thanks anyway <laughs> no i appreciate your time and uh I look forward to keeping in touch. Yeah, cheers, mate. All the very best. Thanks, mate. See ya.